Welcome to the first episode of Born in Trouble, Season 3. Three! I'm your host, John X. It's the magic number. Yes. Yes, it is. Rest in peace, True Goy. With our illustrious guest from Detroit, Michigan, Mr. Grant Lancaster. Firefighter, father, bachelor extraordinaire. From Greater New Jersey, Pennsylvania, by way of Florida and New York, or wherever the hell he happens to be at that time. The man with the good looks, Mr. Brooks. Yes. International man of mystery. International man of mystery. (laughs) And last but not least, from the A, Mr. Dub K, the number one man on on this planet, the man who shakes and bakes, Mr. Dub K. Gene Hawkins. Shake them and bake them. You got your get. You got your phone on your uh, mic on mute. But let me yeah, tell you something. Yourself, but let me tell you something. My bad. Gene was very, and literally. Yes, Gene was. <laughs> Gene was very nice to share one of his tasty treats with me, and you know he told me he said I don't, I don't like doing edibles so much because you can't gauge an edible. If you're smoking a blunt, you know, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I smoked half of this blunt. Maybe I should stop. But it's inedible, you can't really tell. So that's the thing. It's always a air of mystery. Yes, an air of mystery attached to the edibles. But I actually See, I had one. The, I always thought the edible was easier because, like, you really don't know how much you're getting when you smoke a blunt. But, like, you know, all right, like, I ate half this. This 100 milligram cookie, like, okay, I should be in a decent spot. Uh, but for me, you know, it's... two hours, I should land right. But for me, I can never tell it's how true. it's going to actually affect you. So, I tried it today, and, and I called up Gene, and Gene was like, oh, man, you can take a whole cookie. And this man was like, Rob, I know you've been on your, you've been on your shaman guides. You've been on your shaman guides and your spiritual retreats recently. And you've had guides to those things. And Gene was now my cookie guide today. Yes, he was my cookie guide. He let me know. You gotta have a Sherpa, man. He was my Sherpa. Yes, you're on my Sherpa. And I, and I, I, he told me exactly what was going to happen. He said, Hey, he said, you high already? And I was like, uh, at that time, I didn't know the answer. I thought, no, but maybe I was wrong. And he said, well, you're going to take a power nap at some time today. And when you wake up, you'll be completely clear. And guess what? He's right. I'm completely clear and ready for season three of Born in Trouble. Yes. Thank you, Gene, for the delicious treat. Yes. Yes. No problem. Like a success. Yes. There were two of them. Yeah. Well, the other one we you, took. You, you get another trip. No, I, I did that. I did that one yesterday, but I couldn't tell as much because I had smoked earlier. You know, I was taking it easy. I yeah. actually had a victory. I got a. I got a good answer early in the morning. Thirty day close on an offer, so I'm happy. Daddy can afford to eat. There'll be more pork chops on the table, children. So that was a good thing, and you know we just kept going. Pork chops. Pork hey, chops. Teacher, leave that pig alone. <laughs> boom, boom, pork boom, chops. Boom, boom. All in all, with just uh, another Nothing. brick in the wall. So I, another pork chop in the wall. So Why are you eating pork, man. What's up with that? Man, I'm not. It's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphorical pig right now, Rob. It's not a real pig. It's not a real rib. It's a, it's a metaphorical. That's the only type of swine I'm going to dine on. The metaphorical kind. <laughs> so, fellas, y'all missed it last week. It was fun. We had a nice, fun conversation about Chris Rock, and I know everybody was really interested to get into that conversation. Rob, your story was the funniest as to why you didn't make it onto the show. Yeah, I, I. I, I got to apologize, brothers. Uh, last week, I was all set. Like, I was sitting here in this seat at 9 o'clock, and I hadn't received the link yet, and I'm like, what's taking this brother so long? Completely forgot about the fact that 9.30 was showtime. Mm-hmm. But uh, then I'm like, you know what? Because I've been relaxing and puffing a little bit all day. I'm like, let me go get another hit of this. X texted me at 
it was all I could do to sit up and answer the text. And my text was just, no can do. <laughs> <laughs> I texted that no can do and went just like this, right back down. <laughs> right back down, brother. Three words. So, I mean, fabulously faded. Understand. Uh, we should be changing the name of the show to The Old right. and the Baked, you know, because they're, they're just like, it's just not. <laughs> I was like coming up with all types of. I was like coming up with all types of routine. I was like, Gene, you should call those cookies comfort um, kush cookies or kush comfort cookies. Yeah. Or, mm. to, to some people, they go. To some people, they're gonna be called coma cookies. Coma cookies. No, I was thinking. No, you know what? You call them. Here's what I said. You call them. You call them kush cookies, and you spell them with K's, and you call them KKKs for sure because the last K. Is a knockout. <laughs> <laughs> nah, ain't that gonna be named no damn KKK. No KKK. <laughs> the last K is a knockout. Ah! Yeah, we're gonna eliminate. We're gonna eliminate. By doing, <laughs> that's not our target, Mark. All right, so we're gonna get rid of the. So KKK is not a good slogan. All right, so it depends. That you'll fool some people. No, you'll fool you, some people. I'm gonna call them. <laughs> I'll call them ha- happy time cookies. Happy, happy time. Happy time. You know, it's, yeah. Happy it's time. Like you see it like Jaime Town. Happy time. Happy time. Or, or like, like Pootie Tang. Happy time. Happy time. So let me, let me ask you brothers, you know, you cats with your bank account, with your large bank accounts, anybody running to any banks taking their money out today? Mm. Over two hundred and fifty thousand yeah, dollars. It's insured. All my money, uh, all the money I had at Silicon Valley Bank, I lost. Did you have I, money I, at Silicon? Did you have money there? Yep, that's right. Had millions, millions, millions. millions. <laughs> I <laughs> think record, he's aggrieved. Yeah, that's right. And I need an attorney now. I need an attorney. He is definitely aggrieved. <laughs> he is definitely aggrieved. What do you think? That's do you right. think this is going to be? Is All this the beginning of something? Was in Silicon Valley Bank. Is this the beginning of something or is this the end of something? Hell yeah, man. This. Yo. Nah, man. I'm telling you, man. I remember when COVID first came out and I posted something on Facebook. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we ought to really be paying attention to this. No, when the first case in L.A. hit. It was talking about, I think Kobe died around the same time or something. And everybody was on their Kobe stuff. And I was like, man, no, this this, this is about to be uh, this is about to be big. I get that same feeling about this banking shit. But, you know, we've been talking about it at some point. That our fiat currency system has to have a, a, a major reset, adjustment, or whatever you want to call it. And it's always going to consist of, uh, you know, people being shit out of luck. Well, the adjustment's not going to happen this time because the feds have stepped in and they say that everyone's going to get their money in this particular bank. Whether or not that's going to be true or not, I'm not so sure. Um, but, you know, market correction, when we're talking about a free market economy, shouldn't those people actually lose their money in that bank? The people that are invested more than 250 shouldn't it? In a fair free market system, isn't it fair for them to actually lose their money? That's what Biden was saying. Yeah, My television is saying, look, that's why they call it risk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They would have gained if, if, if it was on the other side. So, I mean, you know, they lose. That's what he was saying. I was trying to get them. Um, I actually messed up because that's I that's how it should be. I ate some cookies today and I fell asleep and I didn't get a chance to hit up Orlando beforehand and everything because I wanted Orlando on the show and we're going to bring him in next week. Because he has a very interesting point of view with that, with him working in the markets and buying and selling stocks, and pretty soon it's going to be in, probably in. I'm guessing it's an op- it's going to be an opportunity to buy at some point with all of the banks dropping the way that they are. But you know, is it such a are we this too big to fail thing? I mean, listen, Grant, you have you own a chicken wing store. Something happens with your chicken wing store. Who's mm-hmm. going to bail you out? 
Uh, no bailout, bro. It's just me, no myself, and I. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, be, I'll be ass out. And that's the way it's well, supposed I to mean, be. I mean, would you? could you accept that if it were to happen? I mean, I get you wouldn't accept it because you don't believe in failure. That's well, one thing. So I already know, but well, it's it's part of the game, though. So to, so so we've been we've been taught for the longest time that that's just part of the game. You know, you put you put money in, you may get it back, you may get a profit, you may lose it. Right? That's that's the game that we've been taught. That's a game that's on us on a certain level, right? That's the level that eighty five percent of the population operates on. And I'm gonna say eighty five just because we always use those numbers. The the uh. The five, the the ten percent, they like uh, they like Randolph and, and Mortimer Duke, you know what I mean. Whether the market go up or go down, they gonna get paid. That that's just not our story. I'm gonna tell you something, Grant. You're one of the only people I know. That yo, if you call with a plan, you might have me, boy. You might have me. I'm just telling you, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people on that list. But you call with a plan. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Shit. I might have the confidence. I might have the confidence to execute right with you. Well, you know, hey, look, man, it's, 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 a lot of, uh, it's a lot of stuff out there, man, that, that, that we can do. But, I, you know, I just, like I said, I just think it's, it's, it's certain shit that we, that, it's just not on our level, you know what I mean? Like you, you gotta ha- you gotta have enough money to play certain games. Oh, and oh. yeah, and and that that amount of leverage also creates situations for other people down the road that makes it. The only reason why this thing isn't becoming a problem is because they've said that they're going to make everybody whole. If they were gonna, if they were to just let them fail, then you start to see the trickle down through the system, um, and that would be problematic yeah i don't think this is a one-off though i no, think this a, is the, they, i think this is another the first bank, domino another bank yeah. got taken over today too but once again they're gonna make them whole why because they don't want to see that they don't want to see that trickle down so we're backing you know? risky we're backing all risks well, that are being well, taken you know, now the, in the, the markets these guys flaunted the rules these guys purposely flaunted the rules well they, they didn't they assumed that the rules applied to somebody else and not them and they they got burned by it, but because, you know, if you were to just take, if you were to take, and they're not a huge bank, but if you take them out of the equation and all the people's money evaporates along with them, that creates some real issues down the line for some other people. Well, unfortunately, they pump them up. Well, you're right. You're right. And to a certain extent, or if anything was misleading in the statement, it wasn't purposeful um, because of the fact that they did play by the rules. The rules were set by the Trump administration. They cut the um, regulations that allowed for these risky investments to be put out in such numbers without being leveraged. They're the ones that made sure that these mid-level banks didn't have to have the type of capital to back up their, to back up these deposits. These are all like deregulation effects. It's not because the the actual effect of deregulation are the people saying like, okay, now we can take the risk and we can do the things that we always wanted to do, which is basically gamble. And we're going to win no matter what, because that's the way it's set up. And everyone else, if they lose, eh, at least I'll be living in a nice house. And now generally what's happening is that the government is coming in and they're saving these people from making these mistakes. This is the normal pattern of things. But is that, I'm yeah. just wondering if it's not, if it's really, if there's ever an end to this, where it ever should nah. stop. First of all, the government don't help without strings. So basically, uh, the government's about to get into banking, in my estimation. Th- I, you know, those bonds, this has something to do with some, with, with uh, the rates and, bunch of bonds that they had to pay on or whatever which okay. what left them uh uh you know cash short so to speak i guess they borrow money you know yeah well utilizing bonds so, right and so so uh and then you know of course the bonds going to be you know they're not talking about rolling back and paying or uh forfeiting their profit from it wherever the bonds come from that ain't gonna happen right 
You know, this got me thinking, though. Just pause for a second when it comes to I was thinking this the other day. This system has to fail because I'm going to tell you something. Labor or just about anything traded for U.S. paper is probably some of the most unfair trading you can you can have in your life. Bruh. And so, and you, so, got, you got to know it. And you so, got to know it. So it has to fail at some point. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all, you know, oh, it's but, hocus but pocus. It, it's not going to fail, though. Cause it's, oh. and it's not it's not gonna fail because it's doing what it's designed to do. You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we're what's minimum wage now? Ten dollars or some some shit? Depends on where you yeah. are. And, oh, yeah. Depends right. on where you are. They're so, trying to so make legislation work, so you, here to make work, it twenty. So you working at McDonald's? You make ten dollars an hour. And so for an hour, it takes you an hour to buy a fucking meal at McDonald's. How how insane is that? You see what I'm saying? Like an, an hour of your labor to, to, to buy a meal at McDonald's? That's that's ridiculous, bro. But then, yeah. I mean, the the whole the whole system is the whole system is whack. I mean, it's I mean, money is not backed by anything. These motherfuckers right. print money like it's going out of style. I mean, it's just it's all it's, it's all unsustainable. Game, How can it be sustained, John? That's what that's my point. When I say it's it's going or or Grant, when I say it's going to go bye-bye. It has to have some type of cosmic shift or something. It's because it is truly unsustainable. You, you know, after a while, you're driving everything either unaf- you, you Everything's either going to be unaffordable or everything's going to have no value. Rob, it's you feel that? It's got to be one, uh, one of those things. Rob, you feel yeah, that? I, see, I, I think it's unsustainable as well. Like, you're... Right now, you have all of the money going to a very small portion of the population. And at some point, you know, heck, you know, we talk about the 85s, 85s, 10, 5s. But at some point, the 85s are going to realize that they ain't got enough guns to stop us. You know, there's too much BS going on in America. There are too many people who are homeless. There are too many people who are hungry. There are too many people who want basic necessities. Like, the system is all about commerce and it's not about people and slowly people are waking up to that and at some point there will be a revolution because there has to be because you can't you know the answer to everything is just you know well let the market fix it the market doesn't care about people you know the market doesn't care about people there are too many people in this country who are sick and can't even afford to go to a doctor to get better you know, right. Our healthcare system is behind loads of other countries. Like, there's just so much wrong with it. So it is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. But we'll keep fix. We'll keep holding, up, propping up the, these banks because the trickle down off of that is nasty. Yeah, I mean, but then, then they they bailed out. They bailed out the airlines in the in the in the eighties, right? Wasn't that the eighties? Yeah. Bailed out the airlines. They bailed out the auto companies. Well, the auto um, industry at least paid them back. They bailed out the airlines for COVID too. Yeah, they did. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they went. Yeah. Around, they bailed out the airlines, and they still went around laying everybody the hell off. Well, I'm going to yeah, give so. my my opinion is a little bit more along the line of a um, what some would people would probably deem to be more conspiratorial in nature. Oh, You're going to say something more like a sellout. No, I would say conspiratorial, <laughs> but thank you. Thank but you. I haven't heard the opinion before, wow. So. Thank you, Rob. Oh, wow. Damn, listen, B, just because, listen, I know, it was really <laughs> below the belt. Because all I, listen, I just take advantage hey, of the Rob situation. Bro. Yeah, he's, he's he's terrible, man. I keep telling you, y'all, y'all think that just because he's Mr. Brooks with the good looks, he's a nice guy, I'm but he's not. He's not. How many of the fucking cookies you have today? <laughs> just I just had the one. I didn't get a chance. Listen, I mean, everybody else got the chance, but go ahead. What are we going to say, Gene? Go ahead. Uh, tell us uh, about no. your point of view. You're going to be a slightly conspiratorial point. Oh, yeah, it's conspiratorial. Well, That's listen, because, I mean, yeah, y'all know I've been dealing with this stuff with the rates and everything going back up. And I look at the markets from, like, with a longer point of view, a longer-term point of view, and a more historical point of view. And people forget that there were times in the 60s where people had housing mortgages that were 19 and 20%. It wasn't unusual. Um, also, it was like one of the reasons why homeownership was deemed to be such a um, great 
task to actually um, get passed was because of the fact that the guidelines for getting a mortgage were so, so strict as far as like how much money you had to have down and how long it would generally take a person to save in order to make that amount of money. And all I'm seeing right now is that they're actually doing a reset of that. But I think that the biggest difference between what they're resetting now and, and then is that back then there were a plethora of jobs out there and we had a we had a population that was working in all these different fields. And today we don't have those same amount of people that are working and that are going to be able to sustain those 30-year mortgages. So what you have is you're actually, I see it as like you're really resetting the economy and giving all of the money back to those five, that 5%. And the rest of the population is really, we're really just like uh, tenants in this country. And you all know the difference is the difference between when you own stuff and when you don't own things as far as like how your words are taken, how seriously you're taken as an individual. Ownership is everything. So, um, cause everyone else can be moved out. So, right. With inflation, can you compare high percentage, high percentages now and high percentages then? You mean, can when you make it, comes, it as far as like the you, value of dollars? Right. The value so, is, I mean, well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm basing it upon. It's really kind of like the same. Back then, you'd work for a dollar twenty-five an hour, and it would take you so long. Now, like you said, what is minimum wage? Ten dollars in some areas. Yeah, but you work what's so the cost long. Of the house. The right. difference is the yeah. cost of yeah. the house. Is when I yeah. say inflation, yeah. I'm talking about the inflation from what the house cost back then and what the house costs now. Now, put right. them high percentages on it, and you as night and day. So it's, it's understandable with the numbers how it was affordable then. Yeah, it's night and that, and that's and that's exactly my point. It's night and day because the salaries were actually affordable back then. Now with what you're making, with what you're doing, those forty hours a week, hell, you need sixty hours a week just to like live. Forty ain't getting it. Sixty is what's getting it to live. House, because the cost of the house has risen, but pay hasn't risen to an equal pace. Right, so so basically the reset to me is that they're actually giving these properties back to that 1% by percentage-wise. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, yeah. it's... And they ain't selling them. Right. And they ain't selling them this right. time. Right, and now right. you're keeping and you're keeping all of these people now. You're going to have more people that are basically on government cheese, on the government's well, dime and on the government's I mean, dole. But how did, how did a lot of these people get their house in the first place? On the government's dime and on the government's yeah, stole, right. so they're used to it, whether they like to admit it or not. They don't. Want, they never want to admit it because you know they all pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Yes, that's right. <laughs> right, right. Gotta love those bootstraps. Greed, greed is the enemy, man. Greed is greed is what's got us into this situation that we in. It's it's all you can always point back to just plain greed. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Which begs the question: Can you have capitalism without greed? No. Well, cap- capitalism capitalism is based on somebody not having enough. You know what I mean? It's it's based on it's based on somebody having more than somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So there's always going to be a there's always going to be a, a a want situation in a capitalist society. Capitalism so to me you- is the, capitalism to me is the dangling of the carrot. The one thing that, that keeps you going, it's the motivational tool that keeps you going up until the time that you get old enough and you realize, I'm too tired to try to chase after this carrot. I can't catch it. I'm never going to catch nah. it. And it's, then that's actually, when everything else starts to set in. It's actually the platform to get as many carrots as you want. That's what capitalism is at everybody's expense. Not just get as many as you want, but... I don't understand, you know, people know math and universal law. But if everybody on the planet can't be a billionaire, how can billionaires ever be healthy? Mm. You know, I mean, how, how can that be something? Why, why do people strive to be a billionaire? Uh, and, and not only when everybody can't be a billionaire, but no, I meant to say specifically 
that in order for you to have the resources of a billionaire, there has to be a billion people to give up, you right. know, uh, yeah. 80% of needs, their needs. Right. <laughs> so you can yeah. have that billion dollars. It's it's so it, that that's math. That's not me in my opinion, but that's math. I mean, I'm sure that you know that's not hard to prove mathematically, because mm-hmm. there's only so much a finite amount of substance on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, with eight billion people, and so if you have the substance of a billionaire, you have to take. I mean, you have to have somebody else's substance that, that you know they are less than. Right, but like yeah, my man, big, portion. like my man, Big Josh says, they are without. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's unsustainable. I say all that to say to just to my point that it's unsustainable. Well, the American dream is what keeps it all going, and I want to change the topic right now to something that we know a little bit more about, which is sports and John Morant right now. We have never discussed John Morant on this show and what's been going on with him as a young man. Have being suspended right now, the incidents with the guns, things of that nature. People saying that, oh, you got to leave all that stuff alone. Is it so easy to leave your crew alone or behind once you get to that spot, when you get to that point where you're the man? Is John Morant getting good advice? Right now, I understand he was checked into a facility I don't know if it's for drugs or alcohol or whether it's um, some type of planning, but supposedly they said he's receiving counseling at this point in time. And Nike just gave him that great big contract. Is that looking like one of the worst investments ever? Well, we'll see uh, if, he, if he actually gets yeah. any of that money. Yeah, this is, right. the road, this is the road that they put forward uh, for him to uh, be in their good graces. He's doing what he's told to be done right now. He didn't. Like ain't no light bulb came on in his head and said, you know what? I think I need counseling and I think I need this and that. They said, nah, this is what you gotta do now. You got your he's using his one ace. Right. He's using yeah. his, his ace right now. And, yeah, you got the agent he, said, This is how you protect that bag. You yeah. gotta make a demonstration. That's right. You got you got you gotta make a public demonstration, my man. This is what you gotta do. And so he and so it's not even about advice or nothing else. It really is up to him if he how he can go forward and play the game according to their rules, or he could be a loose cannon, and just like so many before him, yeah, we know you're great. We make documentaries about him. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? Like my, you know, running yeah, be Michael. He's gonna be Michael Ray Richardson in a minute. You know, if yeah, he continues to go along these lines. The difference he was with him. Running back to play for the Rams, but never really. But he was in college. He was. He was. No, in college, was a, no in college he was a superstar. Oh, and, Marcus uh, Dupree. Yeah, Dupree. He gonna be at Marcus Dupree. And this scandal is gonna be part of the Marcus Dupree is never was. Marcus Dupree is never was. He broke down. Okay. He had that good season of the, yeah, the Breakers well, or whatever in the USFL, but he broke no, his he body reached, broke down. My point is, he reached heights, and you know, mm-hmm. and then you know, uh, never. Uh, Never had, I guess, reached the pinnacle that, that the public had predicted him to or stuff. So, uh, John Moran's going to be the same way if he don't play. If, 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 yeah, he got, you know, one more banana pill and he's going to be in the big three. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the banana peel. Young age. <laughs> you get the laughter for the banana peel. You know. How do you? How, that's one of the problems with, with our youth culture, though. That's one of the problems with our culture, because that's what we think. That BS is what we think you're supposed to do when you get some dough. That's what happens right. when you let rappers <clears throat> raise your children. Mm. You know, yeah, everybody right. thinks you're supposed to go out. Everybody's supposed, you're supposed to go out there and make it rain. You're supposed to stay hard. You're supposed to stay true to who you are. Like we all gangsters. Like black people are only gangsters in the world. Like you're supposed to have. You got to have a gun with you. Like come on, man. Well, how stupid are you? Get somebody to carry the gun for you. I was trying to exactly <laughs> right. You, you, you fucking job. rich. Get somebody Get to carry the job. You. I ain't gonna yeah, front, exactly. man. At his age, PI training. At his age, I know I would have done something worse. 
I, you know, at, at, his, at age? his age, at his age, with I wouldn't have done that stupid with a gun. With that I'd, kind I'd, of money. I'd, I'd have fucking gaffled myself with alcohol. How old is he? I mean, 20, what is he, 21? 22? 20, no, 22. Man, he's only he played one year in high school. He played one year in college. He's been in the league for what? Uh, this is his third year in the league now? He's 23 yeah. now. He's 23 now. Better learn yeah, quick, no, man. Yeah, it's it's hard, man. I mean, it's 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 a it's a hard thing to really decipher. You know what I mean? Like, so survivor's remorse is a real thing, right? So when you make it out, you know your people that's been with you all the time. You know what I mean? Like y'all was, you know, y'all was getting day old donuts and frying them shits in butter and eating them. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. That was like some real shit. Mm-hmm. They yeah, were I don't good know too. He came up like that though. I don't know if he came. Yeah, up I mean, with I, folk yeah, like that. But whatever, but whatever the situation was that him and his crew was in, to them that was, you know, that was the the, the period that they built that bond. And now that he got that bread, you know, he but that was like him he, with the gun. Yeah, but one thing, Andy I, I, was, yeah, look, and he was holding it with two fingers. I don't he, even get it. His, <laughs> I thought it was that's chocolate. Some shit. That might have actually been the first clue that maybe he didn't grow up around that life as much as they like to portray. You know, he likes to portray. And yeah, one thing that we've seen. Yeah, because we know that's a no no. Yeah, because one thing that we've seen over the years is that people that are generally like, you know, I saw something today, uh, somebody, that guy, he was saying, like, I didn't know. I thought Ice Cube was a gangster, but Ice Cube, then I saw he produced movies. And I thought that, yeah, yeah, that whatever that guy is, whatever. And, like, things like that. This is the problem with the culture. It's like, we can sit up here and we can say a million times that's not everything that's involved in our culture. We can talk about in the 60s, there were, um, there was ass, grass, orgies. There was also education and there were great strides that were made. But if you only mention half of them, then that's what everybody thinks that everything's about at that point in time. So, with us in this situation, what's going on right now, we're seeing the glorification of this thug mentality and this thug walking around, and it's from, a lot of times, from people that their parents have more money than anything. This is what they what they say, like, you know, the code switching. You got the problems with kids that want to identify. You see it all the time with white kids, what they call them, the wiggers. You yes. know, walking around trying to, you know, they want to be... They want to be down with the culture and everything and doing all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then what ends up happening? What ends up happening? So it's like, it's all the glorification of this. It's a societal thing. And what it is is they they, they think it's not, you know, bigger than it actually is. But it's actually pretty big that he would want to identify as that. Hell, Michael Jordan, everybody wants to be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan won't look for any trouble whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? That cat was like, after the show, he had it all handled. He had his people around him. He won't try nothing. You didn't hear a peep from Michael Jordan. He had mistresses all laid out all over the city and everything. You heard no drama. All of them did. Now, you know, I think it's deeper than... so. That culture, the social culture right now for young people, is not physically social. Probably, right. hardly ever. Uh, you know, because it's all digitally social, and so uh, that, that kind of that changes perception of of so many things. It changes, it actually changes perception of of true history. And uh, yeah, no, you know, I, when it comes to where people came from, and so we, I don't think they think the same way or with they don't reference the same things when they make decisions on you know uh, this or that because it's almost as if those things that we might reference don't even exist to them. They don't have the same base of knowledge. They don't have the same depth of knowledge. If you ask what happened in the 1960s, most of them won't be able to give you an answer. If you say um, things from, make a category, things from the 1960s, the SNCC. Um, what's that? You say uh, Stokely Carmichael. What's that? 
you so say you'll say um right you know that they, they have no idea angela davis angela davis very interesting thing turns out that one of her slave masters brought her genealogy back directly back to the mayflower and they said you see these people these black people they don't even know that they're actually a part of the entire thing that they're actually a part of the in what is it, the entitled class? Do you think if Angela Davis felt she was a part of the entitled class, if they would have been treating her like she was a part of the entitled class, that she would be Angela Davis at this point in time? You know what I'm saying? Do you think that that would no. be a, that wouldn't be an issue whatsoever? No. So it's like, so it's, it's the dissonance that allows you to completely and totally take away her experiences at that she lived just because of the fact that she's got this uh, a rapist DNA. And that's really what it comes down to, because her ancestors ain't had no choice when they were sleeping with that white man. Yeah, yeah, you know, it. Uh, <laughs> I think there's another uh, side to, you know, uh, why he would do stuff like that. I, I think, it, I, shit, man, I don't even know that it's all that bad, but they don't value making $30 million a year like maybe we would, or they don't. Well, how can and you? Because of all those it's things all he you knows. said. Right, they don't know yeah. what impact they can have with it, and they may not even care, which I don't, in his role, I don't call that a bad thing. I'm kind of like, you know, like Ricky Waters. I think his name was Waters or Walters. Ricky, run, Ricky, run. For who, for what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for someone who yeah, was like, who was like, yo, yeah, all that's good Notre and everything, but no, not Ricky Waters. That was that was oh. the other. Rick, that you was talking Ricky, about Ricky uh, from Boys in the Hood? Run, Ricky, run! Nah, no. man, right. yeah, Ricky. He from, never made uh, it from the Saints. Who, Ricky Williams. Uh, Ricky Williams. Oh, Williams. Oh, Ricky Williams. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Williams. Okay. Uh, he Ricky was Walters free. is slick Rick. He was free, <laughs> you know. He was free in my, my mind. Uh, the, 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 you know, he well, he wanted the freedom more than everything the NFL was saying and what society was saying he should go and get and, and do to get and everything else. You know, he, he want, and so I'm, I always say that to say that this could be one side of the coin for Java Ramp, but I guess I, I'm eliminating that with him just participating in all that I'm, rehab shit. I'm going to say that he ain't thought, I'm going to say that he ain't thought it through like that. Ricky Williams, right. Ricky Williams, at least like he he knew what he wanted, right? Right. He what he wasn't just fronting. He, you know what I mean. He wasn't just faking the funk out there. He know he knew that he wanted to smoke weed. He wanted forever. to smoke a peace pipe, <laughs> right? Right. Forever, right? right? So he he made his money, and when he got what he when he got what he deemed necessary, he bowed out. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, he has some he has some troubles in between. And his up. troubles were just right, but his troubles were just things that had to do with, with a purpose that he had, for for lack of a better word, right? John Morant don't have no. Well, let me not speak for him. I can't imagine that he has any uh, Godfather, uh, Nino Brown fantasies that he wants to go out there and. You know, like really do something with this gun. No, he's saying? being stupid. He's just doing what he's seeing. Everybody right. else doing what, yeah, I don't whatever know, man. extension sixty nine or whatever these rappers. Yeah, with come with the gun. And, and what it what it, what it boils down to though is who the fuck raised you? You see what I'm saying? And and yeah, this, this was, and his dad who raised all you? On, yeah, I mean, that, right? Yeah. Like what? Like like how how you get into this point? You see what I'm saying? Like there's no there's no like. At twenty, at twenty three, even with with thirty a thirty million dollar contract, or whatever whatever his contract is, if you ain't you just because you bring home that bacon, don't mean that you get to run the show, my man. If if the show that you're running ain't what I'm trying to be a part of, yeah, you ain't an owner. Yeah, I mean it's it's just because it's just money at the end of the day. I mean, oh. we all need money. Let's not let's not act like we don't. But you know. I, I think what are, you, that, what are you doing with it though? I have to be I have to be honest. I think that the corruption starts with the AAU system very early. It gets to these kids that corruption. They had he had an idea when you start like with these high school rankings of these kids from 
the time they're in seventh grade, there's a number one rated player that's 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old. It starts basically around 11 or 12. And there's a number one player in each age category. And they start predicting these kids. They start predicting these kids and telling these kids and recruiting these kids and telling them that you're going to make $20 million a year in one day. You're going to make $30 million a year in one day. And that may, that may or may not ever come to fruition. And But what it does is it creates a type of expectation for these kids where they're not really thinking in terms of reality because reality isn't their lifestyle. They're, not, they're told that they're going to live this lifestyle. And they show them, and they show them in terms of, like, buying them sneakers, giving them gifts, you know, trips underneath the board. You know, these kids have been, they've been pampered a lot of times from the time that yeah. they're young. And a lot of them are now very, you, you know, you take, a, you take an example, you take an example like LeBron James' son, Bronny James. Now, I think he got moved up into the top eight or uh, 20 recruits this year. Now, and they're saying that a lot of it is due to the fact that he's LeBron's son and X, Y, and Z and all these expectations. And they follow this kid from, they followed him for the past like three years. The problem is not with them following him. What I'm saying is that the problem is the fact that there was the mechanism that was already in, rep- in place for them to follow him as he made his climb through this because there were so many eyes on these kids from the time that they turned 13, 14, 15 years old that they can't escape that. They can't escape those expectations. Zion Williamson himself, when he came into the league, that one of the big things about them was that they had a lawsuit against someone that he had signed with as an agent and his family apparently took money from when he was a freshman at Duke. They won the lawsuit, but the simple fact of the matter is they took the money. They had taken the money. They were already living an exorbitant lifestyle off of the well, play of the 17-year-old kid. Now canceled out because with the NIL stuff, they, it's all above board now. Right. So yeah. now you don't even have to. So right. So now what's the expectation with the NIL stuff? I mean, look, I think it's I, I think the NIL thing is good. Right. I think that kids should be if you're out there, you're risking your you're risking your body for a division one school and you're making that school X amount of dollars. You should be able to make compensation off of who you are. That's just if I was when you're in college, if you're a student. You can go out and you can get a second job. But if you're an athlete, you can't do that. So NIL solves that problem. I get that. But it also creates other problems. Well, you know, here in Philly today, they fired Aaron McKee, the head coach at Temple. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody wrote a very reasoned article like, hey, look, like, y'all think firing a coach is going to help. But here's what's not walking through that door. And one of the things that they said, point blank, is that, Temple, while they have nice facilities, it's a tough school in a tough area, and they don't have the support to get the elite athletes anymore because you need that NIL money now. Mm. So you have these schools that are in the middle of nowhere where they're the only show around and everybody lives that culture. Then you got schools like Temple in the middle of a city with all five professional sports, you know, mm-hmm. Like who's giving money to who's giving money to, you know, and not only do they have all five professional sports, but you also have Villanova, St. Joe's, LaSalle, right. you have six division one basketball programs in town. Like they ain't enough money for all these kids in Philly to get all to all get NIL deals. So the Philly schools are gonna struggle in this new universe. And you're turning them Bill Cosby's money as well. So that's <laughs> I don't know I don't know I don't know if we're turning down Bill Cosby's money. We just might not be talking about the trust that it's coming from. Oh, okay. But I'm sure it's still coming from somewhere. Okay. All right. So but he can't he can't physically go out and recruit him anymore. And everything he on behalf. He can't go out and recruit him anymore. No. Right. And that was a big but that was that, another like, big thing. It, but back in the day, that was a draw, but now now, if Bill, even if Bill Cosby was allowed, let's just say that you know Bill didn't have that nasty episode a couple of years ago. Unless Bill's coming with a check in his hand, them kids don't care, right? You know, you get one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to play basketball at some school in the STC. Why are you ever even visiting? 
one of nah, these Northeast but... schools. They can't do that. Open Bill Cosby goes rogue and starts building shit. As opposed to how rogue he's been? No, yeah, I'm talking about, you know, like, more rogue. Rogue against, rogue against, rogue against, you know, his, uh, his former bosses and then, uh, you know, partners and stuff to where he used to get money from. But clients or whatever. You know, down at, down in Kentucky? You know, my man Cal was like, yo, they, I used to have to keep all these people away from me. He said, I still want to keep them away from me, but now I got a person to deal with them. Like, hey, look, you got to deal with all the NIL stuff. You go over there, and that's – I don't even want to know what's going on over there. You guys just do that. Calipari. But, yeah. But every single car dealer in Kentucky now is back in play. Everybody who wants to be a, a player in the in the Kentucky basketball universe, all they got to do is write the check now, and they're a player. Oh, don't worry. Oh, you got you got you need that setter next year. Yo, he can't have a no show job at my place. I'm paying five thousand dollars a year not to show up. And he can live in my house. (laughs) (laughs) All of that. It's a whole blind side. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Coaches. One of the coaches was living in somebody's guest cottage. He's like, yo, I got my own buzzer. I got my own gate buzzer. Like, the house is two hundred yards away. I never see those people. But uh-huh. I live in their house. Right. Like, it's a different way of life at these schools. And NIL is making, making a lot of that, you know, possible. But it's also going to suffocate the mother schools. But one of the other things that I was thinking about while you guys were talking earlier, um, and, and I may have said this before in the program with you cats, but the area that we grew up in was a very sort of aspirational place. Like, we had New York City right down the road. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people's parents commuted into the city and that whole New York City vibe was there for us and one of the things that I found when I got away from New York is that especially our people in a lot of these places they knew their place Mm. like you came to Philadelphia and you talked to black people they knew their place right and they used to look at me like I was insane because I did not know mine Mm. I know that's the damn truth we don't have a place don't have a place. Our place is wherever the fuck we're standing in New York. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's not the way it is in a lot of these other in a lot of these other cities. So you have people who never even dreamed of any kind of success having ridiculous success. So like when Alan Iverson made it to the show, and Alan was you know a ridiculous talent. If Alan had taken any kind of care of his body at all. Like any kind, mm-hmm. um, who he'd have been—he was a bitch anyway. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Alan, Alan was known to be out at the club till seven, eight in the morning. Take a couple chicks back with him, bang them out, go to shoot around, come back, bang them out again, and then go drop thirty on somebody. Oh, he, yeah, he was LT. I don't he, think he, I, I don't yeah. think he had to take care. He, he may have gotten a couple more years out of it, but no. <laughs> he, he, he crushed his body. But like yeah. his mom came along for the ride. Yeah. And Moms was living it up. You know, he, John he, had, he dad, had like huh? 50 people. Like John Moran's dad. A lot of these guys, you know. We say, how come they're not getting living proper guidance? Well, people who don't have any people who don't have any knowledge, who's he turning to for this knowledge? Who's he gonna right. trust at 23 for this knowledge? His mama. You know. I'm gonna tell you though, you made a good point. You just said something. What was the AI situation? Twenty years ago? Yeah, did, 30, did, actually, was going, thirty. That he was well. That he was going through all this shit. And everything. How do you? How do you? How you on repeat for something like that? You know what I'm saying? Can't you? Won't you? I mean, when I say that he's trying to bring, he's trying to go against the, the NBA and say, "Now nah, let me bring this kind of culture to y'all right now." History you repeats know? itself, bro. History repeats itself over he and over and over again. At least be aware of. Of playing it better, just to everybody, to everybody's point, how, whether it be a father or somebody still going broke. Well, if if we bring it back, if yeah. we're going to bring it back to the absurdity of the original conversation, we could talk about banking, for example. Um, banks have been disproportionately not lending the black people and minorities that were qualified for generations now. And I was reading an article mm-hmm. just the other day that stated something like that. It's like, how can this be going on? Forty, there was they were telling the story from something back in the seventies 
that happened where someone should have been financed and they didn't. And they were bringing it back into modern times and they're saying, how can it still happen? And it's still happening because of the fact that it's not even a matter of whether or not we know that the problem exists. We know the problem exists. There's just not any type of um, push behind the thought process of actually fixing these things. And this is the reason why the country has gone bad. You go so you go so long without fixing stuff. And has the country well, gone bad? It's just gone. It's, just it's gone, gone worse. Yeah. I'm saying it's gotten worse. The cracks are bigger. The fissures are, are bigger. The the ability to actually fix things is actually damn near. Now we're getting to the point where things are damn near impossible without some type of drastic type of form of either government overhaul or personal overhaul with guns. One of the two is needed because the in between solution isn't there. The people have never wanted this thing fixed. I, I, people always get right. me. I love when people get me that they're like, "Well, my family wasn't this, and my family didn't. My family didn't have slaves, and my family didn't do this." I'm like, "Your family probably didn't have slaves, but your dad worked at a bank, right? Your dad gave a loan to somebody on Tuesday that he wouldn't give to a black person on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So your dad wouldn't offer a house in this neighborhood to this person." But he offered it to that person. The system was held up by a lot of people. You can't. Still the system is. wasn't built by large institutions. It Still was built is. on the backs of everyday people. Still everyday is. Everyday people participated in this. And so that's why this thing works perfectly the way they designed it. Exactly. The system. You know, it's the, not, it doesn't work for us, for the 12%. Just really quick the lending system is backed up by appraisers that are non white, that are non minorities, that are. Taking homes that are worth a million dollars and giving them valuations for five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's just right. one example, and that's happening right now. The, ba- the baby got to go with the bath order. That's the what baby got to go to. But who, who, whose interest is it? In whose interest is it to 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 fix the system? You see, what I'm saying when, right. when when you when you start talking about in terms of bringing black people to the table, you know what I mean, and you know, some equity. Who ain't nobody? Nobody is interested in that except us. Exactly, right. they're right. really checking for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so how do you how do you get there? You know what I mean? Short short of a coup, how do you get there? And you know, if we 12 percent of the population or whatever, then a coup is probably not even possible. I mean, guerrilla warfare. The goal in guerrilla warfare is just to keep the shit going. Well, let me just say so, something I mean, a little bit. That. Let me just say something a little bit even more radical. At this point in time, this day in 2023, 2023, it's probably not even um, pragmatic to try to get some type of equity based upon race alone. Because even if you were to get an equity based upon race, a lot of these people that would get that equity, they would have no idea how to actually keep that to actually build that, to actually make that into um, something that would be a paradynamic, and they lack the desire to do it. A lot of them just basically would want to move into white neighborhoods. A lot of them would basically want to turn around. Generally, people just want to be, they just want to become their oppressors. So, I mean, even though... How could you keep it? How could... if, if, if If they put $500 billion in black people's hands to tomorrow, right? Right. When you go buy groceries, you're giving it to them. That's white man money. Yeah, it's going to be five. When you go buy a car, that's white man money. That's why I got to be institution. You see what I'm saying? There is no no fix for this shit. You know what I mean? Because we we don't produce shit. You want to talk as black people. Yeah, we're there almost is, there, there, there are ways the around it, but it, we have to get out of to burn it down and start. Oh. And start no, there, no, there's a fix. fix. There's the a fix. fix get out of the get out of the materialism. There is a fix. Mm. We're not willing really, to do the fix. There's a fix. If, we are not willing like, to do it. Like 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 one thing. Like, yeah, knows, like you just said, if you get out of the materialism, that's 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 half the battle. But you still got to eat. But like but so, but here's the thing. Like so California I think it's San Francisco is talking about, and I don't know how serious this conversation was, but supposedly there's a conversation out in the San Francisco area about giving black residents reparations, $5 million right. a head, right? I'm moving. 
if they give me $5 million, I guarantee you, for that, it's going right into the market. Like, right. we're going to make that money, make more money. Whereas most people are going to take that money and they're going to go get their Cadillac, they're going to go get a kitty because it rides fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to get a big house and they're just going to give big chunks of that shit right back. If you stay away from the materialism, you can take that money and make it into something else. You can build something with that, let it grow, pool it with somebody else, then be able to start buying right. other real resources that and, you can and, then profit off of. And the four of us here, the four of us here could do that. Yes, but let me remind you all of something as we're doing this. The first black people that they hanged down south were the ones that were creating business and telling the other black people how to do things smart financially. So those that's the first thing. And the second thing I want to remind you all of is, yeah, that was meant to be... No, but it's true. And, um, but, and the second thing is that I, I heard something. I was reading a discussion about France, and I didn't realize that France actually takes something like $500 billion in resources from the African continent on a, on a daily basis. And even if they, and that's based upon them taking the resources and all these things. And, you know, you ever wonder why most of the people in France are on unemployment? They don't actually work in France. Very, a lot of French people are basically, they're just basically, they're literally a welfare state. And their state is supported by African countries. And these African countries, with all of these things, once they get to a certain point, they can't even, they have to, if they have extra resources, if they want to sell it to another market, France still has the right of first refusal on those goods and services. So even if they wanted to sell some of their surpluses, France can say no. And you can't actually do it. This is the type of this is the type of colonialism and economic colonialism that keeps this continent down to the point of where it is. And it's the same type of colonialism that's practiced upon um, black people throughout the entire globe in order to keep you away from actually attaining these attaining what they consider to be wealth. So that way they can live off of your back and they can live off of your ancestral resources. So with that in mind, you know, what's going on with John Morant and what's going on with the banks? It, what, what, did, what did we say before? What was it that famous quote from Malcolm X? Chickens roosting, coming home. Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Chickens coming home to roost never made me sad. Mole farm boy. That- in fact, it made me glad. Only made me glad. And this is what this is the type of power you get when you realize you're powerless. So, born in trouble, first episode. We're actually trying to keep everything in time this year from the A, Mr. Dub K, Gene Hopkins. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Good to be here. Mr. Brooks with the good looks from New Jersey. How I at you? Cookie and a half. Cookie and a half. You're Mr. Brooks with the good looks from that one, Mr. Brooks. Your mama likes it. Your mama likes it. I'm sure mama will think it's think it's very nice. But my question is, after um, damn, it's got to be like we got to be coming up on like 40 years. How did this shit start after like 40 years? Well, the Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks with a good look. He's always called me Mr. Brooks. Damn near since day one, he's called me Mr. Brooks. But this Mr. Brooks with a good look shit. It just, shows, just, it just shows you that like time is just that doesn't allow for the imagination to die. And of course... Black don't crack. That's what it shows. Black don't crack. Not even in the brain sack. Plus, bars. And... Plus, excess bars. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> From Detroit, Michigan, home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard. Come down and get you some, baby. Come, come get you some got wings. bars, too. Grant's got bars. Come get you some wings. Both of them have bars. That's right. <laughs> man, there was a time, man. I was, you know, when, when I knew Grant was rapping, I was like, that's it. he a genius, man. I hope he make it big, man. So, that, so I was thinking of some old immature shit that I'd be able to go to a real party or something like ball. Something. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but I remember I used to, I remember that thought, man, back in the days when I, somebody told me, yo, you know, Grant trying to make a record this, that. I said, word? 
Because yeah. I was away from y'all for some years when I was in the yeah. army. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Born in trouble. There, there was a moment where Exxon was like this close to signing a deal. And like the conversations that we had had was that I would be his road manager. But he wanted to get matching tattoos we negotiated it down to an earring. <laughs> I, I was not getting a black panther here. That shit was not happening. He's about to start being and enough of the... And enough. <laughs> Boy, the trouble, peace. <laughs>